yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, babe. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow. Now is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host Eddie Trunk. Hey folks, it's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for subscribing, and thank you for listening. Hope you're doing well, and thank you for checking out my podcast with these new episodes coming your way with interviews with some of your favorite artists. And uh, let's see here. As I tell you every week, you know the drill by now. Every interview you hear on my podcast originated live on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, heard on Volume Channel 106, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time is the live airing, 10 to midnight Eastern for replays, full shows, full interviews, audio, video, more, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. If you're in the U.S. or Canada and you are not already a subscriber to Sirius XM and you are only listening to this podcast, you are only getting a tiny, tiny fraction of what I do on a daily basis on the radio. So hope you come on board and join me for the daily radio show. Everybody else around the world, thank you for listening and enjoy these interviews that we do get to cherry pick from the roster of guests on the radio show and bring you here on the podcast. As always, social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook. Keep up with everything I have going on and everything going on in the world of rock music. And also some upcoming appearances for you to mention. April 22nd, I will be in Los Angeles at the Whiskey hosting Shark Island. Hope to see you there for that. April 24th, I will also be in Los Angeles hosting the 50th anniversary party of the Rainbow. That's a free event at the legendary Rainbow. And the artists performing include Steel Panther, Stephen Piercy, and more. Look forward to seeing you for that. Uh, And then also hosting Megadeth and Lamb of God in Tulsa at the BOK Center. That's on April 30th. And then I go over to Dallas where I'll be back at the Dallas International Guitar Festival. I did this last year. It was a lot of fun. And I will be back there on May 1st. I'm only doing the Sunday of the festival this year, but it's a good day on that Sunday. John five is performing and Frank Hannon and Paul Gilbert. I'll also be doing a speaking show. So I have a busy Sunday there, May 1st, Dallas international guitar festival. And then from there, I fly over to Florida and jump on board cruise to the edge Uh, the Prague cruise running May 2 through 7. So a lot of stuff coming up as usual. Keep an eye on my social media. Now, I just mentioned Megadeth Lamb of God, the metal tour of the year, which has, uh, has started once again, the latest leg of it. And I mentioned that I'll be in Tulsa for it on April 30th at BOK Center. On the podcast this week, I've got the singers from the two headlining bands on that tour, 
Randy from Lamb of God joins us a little later in the podcast, but we start off with Dave Mustaine of Megadeth, who called in to my SiriusXM show, Trunk Nation, to promote this tour. They both called in to promote the tour, and in this interview, they both made a lot of news. At the time that this interview happened and aired live on the radio, which was uh, about a week ago, the, 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 it had not been revealed who played bass on the coming Megadeth record. We know that Dave Ellison's tracks were wiped. It was revealed in this interview that Steve DiGiorgio did. Also, Mustaine revealed for the first time the name of a new Megadeth song that was coming, and he also at this time revealed that Lamb of God did a cover of Wake Up Dead, which in the segment with Randy Bly, he mentions, so I don't think Dave was supposed to say that. So again, keep the timeline in mind that these interviews you hear on the podcast, as I just mentioned, originate and happen live on a national radio show. So... It's interesting to see now as a week or two has passed what has and hasn't come out. And uh, at the time that this happened live, there was a bunch of uh, news leaked intentionally, unintentionally (laughs) during both of these interviews. You'll hear from Randy Bly from Lamb of God. Second, we'll open with the headliner, Dave Mustaine and Megadeth talking about the tour and new record and a whole lot more. So let's get to that right now on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Been a little bit since we spoke to this guy. Looking forward to doing so. He, of course, is the leader of Megadeth. You know him, you love him. Here is Dave Mustaine joining us right now. Hey, Dave, how you been, man? Hey, Eddie, I'm great. Man, I'm so fired up and ready to get going. It's only a matter of days now where we're under the week limit, you know, um, talking about Metal Tour of the Year, of course. Yeah, April 9th, resuming in Vegas. You, of course, did a run of this already, Dave, which went well, I would imagine, by all all measure. How did you feel about the first run doing it? I thought it was really great. You know, there's um, a lot of variables that make uh, one uh, run uh, with the same lineup uh, successful versus uh, uh, going into a different type of a building and and it it being more successful you know we uh, i'm talking about playing in in uh, the sheds and amphitheaters last time we went out with the metal tour of the year package and and it was it was fantastic and and there has been times in the past all three of the bands that i've uh, played with uh, on on this this tour. We we've all played together, and and for some reason the chemistry right now is just uh, over the top, and and people are just loving uh, the way this this tour is going. Uh, there there is a slight change because uh, In Flames is is picking up where uh, um, Hate Breed uh, left off, and uh, boy that was great to see Jamie out there every day, have a good time. Yeah, so I know you've got so you've got Trivium on on most shows, you've got In Flames on most shows, and of course it's Megadeth and Lamb of God as as the headliners. As far as the actual bill coming together, Dave, was that was this was it your idea to put these bands on the package, or how did the initial idea for doing this uh, come together and the selection of the bands? Well, I'd like to take credit for it, but I can't. Um, I think it's a a lot of it is we're all on the from the same stable of entertainment with the, the management. Um, I, I'm managed by Five B, and and so is uh, Lamb of God, 
and um, I, I uh, you know, Trivium is managed by somebody that's at five uh, B, and and I, I think uh, I think um, In Flames is managed by Alan Kovac, if I remember right or not. But um, the person there was a former five B person, so it's it's kind of like a a cool uh, cool package where we're all. Uh, together and, and going out and, and having all of our bands play together because we feel like they're they're a cool fit with one another. And you know it isn't it, the thing I when I look at the bill and you know it's crazy with when it comes to In Flames. I actually about five years ago toured Mexico with Deep Purple and believe it or not the opening act was huh. In Flames and I I spent oh, wow. a lot of time with those guys on the road. But that's a really that was a really interesting pairing. As you could imagine, a band like In Flames opening for Purple's audience, but it, it worked in a place like Mexico. But when when you look at this bill for for you guys, uh, it, the, everything's connected in the fact that it's all metal and it's all heavy and it's all great. But every band seems to bring a little bit different to the different thing to the table. You guys being, of course, the veterans, the legends at the top of the bill, and I'm sure all those other bands very much being influenced by you. But I think what's cool about it is they think some all of them have slightly little different fan bases that if you go to this show and you watch all the bands, everyone might get turned on to another band or see or hear a band that they might not normally mm-hmm. have gone to. Do you agree with that? Are you seeing that? I, 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 I do. I, I think that uh, there's there's always going to be a little bit of some cross-pollinization, if you will, of, of, of one band to another. And even even if the bands aren't really uh, having a great show, I think just the atmosphere with a metal uh, event, people just, they go home in, in a good a good place and and uh maybe they don't remember a single song but they remember the name of the band and and you know i'm going to check out that band those guys opened up the show for megadeth and Lamb of god and, and uh um i want to see them what's their name again uh and then you know they go check them out and and then you end up going come on these guys are, are killing it you know one of the bands that uh, i had a friend of mine turned me on to recently um, in the last few years that, that I really, really dig on is, is mustache. And, and um, you know, we've not been able to work out uh, touring with them ever, but you know, that, that to me is, is a band that I, I would love to, to uh, have uh, come over here in the States and people get a chance and look at them. You know, uh, I'm not trying to promote another band, but I'm just saying, you know, how fun it is when you're, you're out on the road and you come across some of your old buds and they, they do like you and I used to do back in the day with the tape trading and, you know, Hey man, what are you listening to nowadays? Oh, really? Check this out. Oh no shit. These guys are great. You know, and you just, uh, that that's one of the, the things I love the most about back in the day when you would discover a, a really cool new song. And I've been having a lot of um, just, you know, memories of, of uh, when I would discover super heavy songs on records for the first time. And, and I would uh, pick th- that song to cover in, in Panic um, back when I was um, you know, choosing different cover songs to 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 play so uh, a lot of that really helped carve how i am as a musician 
And, and you know, I love that. I, I don't know that there's a lot of people that get to, that experience anymore where they sit down with a record and they listen to it all the way from one side, you know, to the other or, you know, a CD from beginning to end, DVD beginning to end, whatever. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, that, that's that's why I've been doing this 40 years is to just share and expose people to other music, whether it's old stuff or new stuff. And you've always uh-huh. done that. You've always been about that in your career. I mean, I think back to when you started Gigantor and when you put that bill together. I mean, that was always mm-hmm. that was a very eclectic bill. It was new bands. It was, uh, in my opinion, a band that's been somewhat underrated in Overkill who had been around forever. And then you had new young bands on there. So that's really been your M.O. is is to not is at your core. You're still a fan of this stuff and you love that opportunity to use your platform to expose other people to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for recognizing that. Yeah, it's absolutely been something that's uh, that's gone that's been a theme throughout uh, your history. I think, uh, Dave, tell me about the band now. How has it been having James Lomenzo back in on bass? Uh, well, James, as you know, um, uh, Eddie, friend to the stars, and um, you, you. Oh, I've known James forever, <laughs> forever. Yeah, I was gonna say shit, man. You you know him longer Decades. than I've known him, better than I know him, uh, and um, are are more, you have more in common with him than, than I do, and it's, um, uh, you you could say, how how's James Lomenzo doing? Um, but I, for me, I'm, I'm uh, thrilled. I think he's uh, a really awesome person to have in Megadeth. He was when we um, we tried it the first time and, you know, for whatever reason that things happen, things, uh, happen. And, and, um, you know, we, uh, we took a little, uh, sabbatical from, from, uh, playing. And, um, when, uh, things happened as they did, um, it was, it was obvious to, uh, uh, I, I needed. It was obvious to me that I needed to get uh, a super kick-ass uh, bass player to come in and and cut all the tracks and, and um, you know learn them and, 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 and in relatively no time because we were in the studio already and uh, so I needed to get somebody that could really do all that stuff and and I hadn't made up my mind about James yet so um, I uh, I'll tell you. Um, I ended up asking a, a, a super, super legendary bass player in the metal community, um, DiGiorgio. De, De um, do, do you know Steve? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I asked him if he would uh, come in and, and uh, guest uh, uh, on the record and, and uh, help me um, to... Uh, to finish the record and uh, cut bass parts. And so he came out and <clears throat> that was really wonderful to hear his, uh, his interpretation of my songs and, and um, the stuff that Kiko and Dirk and I um, have, ha- you know, start, you know, the stuff that we're starting to write together, uh, we, we're starting to really develop our chemistry. And, and I like it because there's uh, elements with Dirk in his writing 
that obviously remind me a lot of Gar, but he he's actually a really good rhythm guitar player too, and and that reminds me uh, a, a lot of the Pieces era because you know each one of the guys grew up with uh, a different uh, era of Megadeth, and so they've all got their their Megadeth. You know, like Chris Adler had said to me once before, you know, this is my Megadeth, and. And um, I don't know. I think you're going to be surprised when you hear this record, Eddie. Well, when are we going to hear it, Dave? Where's the, where's where's things stand? What's the status? Uh, well, geez, if I could, I would I would let you play it right now. And in fact, <laughs> I think I think I think um, I know that we have um, a track that um, we just did. Uh, we we, we uh, showed up on something that Lamb of God wanted to do, something honoring me and, and uh, uh, the track Wake of Dead. And um, so they they did that song and and asked if we wanted to um, show up on it too and you know do some soloing and some singing and stuff. And and uh, so we all agreed. Uh, Kiko, Dirk, and James and myself all all sang and. Um, you know, I I don't remember uh, Dirk uh, or, or I, I yeah Dirk and and um, James did not play their instruments; they just sang. But uh, Kiko did a solo and and uh, and sang as well. So this is L- Lamb of God did a cover of Wake Up Dead, and you guys guessed on it. Yes. And that's and, and as that, far that, as that's. Go ahead. You should be able to. You should be able to uh, play that. Um, I, I, I think um, uh, our our management. Um, I, I, if I if I'm not mistaken, uh, I, I think that the track has uh, has been uh, sent to you guys already. I, I think it's been serviced. So um, you you might want to uh, just ask your PD there or your okay man, yeah well, look- manager to check and see. Yeah, we'll look for it for sure. Really cool things too, you know. The as far as when when the when is it going to drop? We know that the whole entire thing is scheduled for July eighth, and uh, the the hopes are that that um, we stay on schedule with that. Um, and and I know that we've got a, a single that is going to be serviced to radio any, any day now. Um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, a song called uh, "Killing Time" and and um, it's uh, <laughs> obviously about somebody in in my past, but it's not it's not as as obvious as it sounds. You know, it's it's like wasting your time, not time to kill things, and and um, it had to do with with some of the situations that. Um, myself and, and the different band guys have gotten themselves into with the band over time, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to relate with that. So, so that one uh, is going to be um, sent to radio. Gosh, uh, any day now, eh? so um, you, you should should probably have that one coming around too. Um, well, great. So I, that I just, means new. That means a new single for the start of the tour, which again for Metal Tour of the Year, the next run April 9th, starting in Vegas. That's that's of course the minute we get it, we'll we'll play it. We'll look forward to sharing it. Do you think you'll do it live? Are you going to try to put it in the set? Um, well, you know, if I can, I'll tell you something I haven't uh, let anybody know yet. I talked 
to um, uh, somebody. Uh, um, I, I talked to one of your old friends, um, you know, yours and mine, um, Mr. Metal himself, and told him a little bit. But I didn't tell him this, uh, some of the details so I'm going to tell you right now. We have this um, this track called Night Stalker, and we're hoping to use that as our new opening track. And um, we we none of us are together yet, so we haven't had a chance to sit down and 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 uh, you know start getting all the hiccups worked out of the track, other than when we were in the studio together. But um, that once we use that for our opening track, it's got some some so- sounds in it that um, is something we're going to incorporate into the beginning of our show. And it it's it's a track that um, we have my buddy Buddy Ice T had, had uh, guested on, and um, uh, the, this is there's uh, two um, songs on the record that had uh, guest appearances, and um, that's uh, Ice T's performance, and then I had Sammy Hagar um, sing on a track. Uh, this planet's on fire. Uh, we did a. We oh, did a are you track. serious? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I know that song. I mean, he, I'm a big fan, and he's a friend. And I just saw him the other day. Actually, he didn't tell me that, but that's and that's a heavy yeah. song. That is so cool it that is. you did that. <laughs> it's a super heavy song, and the good thing uh, about this is, you know, Sammy, uh, we we didn't just do the song. Um, uh, he he played on it too. So we've got. Uh, little bit of some guitar we got a uh, a uh, uh, lot of bit of singing and uh i it, it's it's uh, i think it's super badass and then the uh, other thing that we've got going on this record you know we we did two uh, cover tracks uh this planet's on fire is the one as we just were talking about and the other one is um, a dead kennedy's track uh, it's no secret i'm a big dead kennedy's fan and I had wanted to to do uh, holiday in Cambodia, but my friends in Las Rocket had done that, and and uh, I felt that you know there's you know kind of just let them have the glory off of that rendition of that song, and and if the time comes, I'm sure there's another song that'll stick out to me, and and it, there was it was the song Police Truck, so uh, we recorded that one and. Um, you know, I, uh, it would have been great to have Jello, uh, you know, do some uh, appearance uh, on the the track. But you know, I, I think that it's it's a Megadeth record. It's not you know, it's it's not like the uh, the royalties uh, um, check cashing line. Right. <laughs> Everybody's showing up to do their their couple two two three words. Uh, you've always picked amazingly cool covers to do. I love when you did Cold Sweat, which wouldn't be the obvious oh, Tim Lizzy song for a lot of people to think. And then, of course, all the way going back to, you know, uh, all the covers you did early on, No More Mr. Nice Guy or Anarchy in the UK. I mean, it's always cool to hear your take on some of these songs. But I can't wait to hear the the Hagar, uh, you and Hagar, like uh, on that together. That That's awesome. He He's amazing. I just saw him the other day and it's inspirational to see how good that guy still is now in his mid seventies, his attitude, his spirit, how well he can still sing and perform. It's amazing, man. That yeah. guy amazes me. Every time I see him, his whole, his whole, uh, he's just, it's always just full of fun and like, Hey man, yeah, let's go, you know, let's do it. And for a guy that's been doing it over 50 years, it's remarkable. It really is. 
Yeah, I, I feel the same. You know, the the guy's uh, just, just ready to go. <laughs> you yeah, know, he when, always when, is. I ta- when I talked on the phone to him, it was... Uh, it was super energizing, you yeah. know. Hey, man, super mega Dave, what's up, man? And, and I was thinking, like, you know what? He probably hates saying that word, Dave. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, um, so, so Dave, just for clarity here, you, so the record, so single any day, the the record yes. in July, and DiGiorgio, yes. Steve DiGiorgio plays bass on the record, but live you'll yes. continue to use Lomenzo. That's how that's going to work? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. Well... That's all. That's all great, man. We can't. We can't wait to hear it. And uh, I also know, and I saw a note on your website. You're doing a live chat uh, sort of thing on Cameo on Friday in advance of the tour. Anything you want to mention on that to get the word out on it? Uh, yeah, it's just something that that I, I do every once in a while. I, you know, there'll, there'll be stuff where we uh, either we'll, we'll talk with the fans uh, on, on private uh, direct. Uh, calls and stuff like that, or or they can request videos uh, from myself where I can you know tell people happy birthday or go fuck yourself, uh, <laughs> um, and um, you know um, that, so for for me I think that's what you're talking about. Um, the, as far as any kind of a live uh, cameo where we're talking about the tour, um, there's there's been so much press that that I've uh, done the last couple of days it's been um it's been obviously no press for you know uh, several years um as per usual but now that we're getting ready to go it's uh, it's they've released the hounds and and um it's uh, i've forgotten how much there is to talk about you know first couple of and how about the- like, well, let me think about that <laughs> and 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 how about the beer uh, stuff? Are you still rolling out the the different brews? Well, see, that's that's one of the things that's great about uh, the, this business. And when you do things and you've got a good reputation, we we went to Unibrew up in Canada and, and selected that company because we felt that they were a good company, and uh, we we got a deal with them. It was uh, for you know, quite a you know, long period of time, and and that's expiring. Um, I think uh, in a couple more couple more months, and um, we're going to uh, be looking for a, a new company to uh, manufacture our our, our beer. Um, of course, with the with the wine, you know, we were doing that uh, on our own, and and when uh, that, that's something where you you have juice that you import and um, you bottle. You can you can bottle it anywhere. And sell just about anywhere and get your grapes anywhere as long as they taste right. And and I'm the one who really gets behind the tasting of the different liquids and stuff. Um, you know, I I, I I love the taste of cold beer when when it's uh, it's hot and, and uh, um, you know that was one of the things I loved about our beers because they were saisons, which were the uh, summer refreshment blends that the Belgian monks would uh, make for themselves during the really bloody hot. Uh, 
summer months and and um so so yeah we're we're uh we're wrapping things up with Unibrew and um we're going to be uh looking for something back down here in the states now because um you know there there was a lot of lot of stuff that just really restricted us to, from uh, growing to what we wanted to do uh because they were a Canadian company and and us being an American band um that was an international success you know you've got people you know, sending you these really helpful messages is, you know, Hey, my friend on the corner has a bar and he says he can sell your beer. And, and, and for me, I think to myself, well, you know, that's great if we had distribution down here, but it's a little company from Canada. And uh, when, you know, we set out to do this, we had no idea it was going to be so successful. So we're hoping this carries on in the States, but you know, if not, it's, it's uh, just, another feather in our cap for, uh, you know, things done uh, and done well. And last question, Dave, and I'll, and I'll let you go. I, I'm curious, you know, when you, you touched on it just a few times here already about the different people that have been in Megadeth over the history of the band. There's been a number of different people in various lineups since the since you uh-huh. started the band and founded the band way back when. In your in your right. initial vision for Megadeth, did you hope and think that that maybe and would your preference have been that it stayed the same guys the whole time? Or do you think in retrospect, having all these different people who've been in and out of the band and making various contributions has been a, a benefit to you? Do you feel it's uh, kept the thing recharged and refreshed or would you have preferred if it could have always stayed the same four guys the whole time? Well, what I, I think the the answer is it's it's a very complicated answer to a really simple question um for me what i probably would would say the the short answer is have the same people the whole time uh, the ones that i've grown to love the most and that are the easiest to get along with that have the most common view uh, to mine and um have guys that um are willing to constantly improve themselves. One of the things that we do backstage, Eddie, I know you've seen this with me. We've been friends for so long and there's been so many concerts we've hung out backstage. Um, you know, uh, part of my routine for your listeners is, is uh, before we go on stage, we have the crew guys come backstage and, and before we, we uh, hit, hit the deck and uh, we go over a couple songs uh, each night. It's a couple different songs you know we change the set list uh, hopefully every night uh, and but we're constantly in review so once we get to the very last song holy wars and and uh, we've gone over that with our our sound man and our our uh, engineers and um so on we we start all over again and, and i think that's something that uh, if if we had the same guys the whole time for familiarity and security and, and, and steadiness for the fans. And, and they were constantly trying to improve themselves. That would be the perfect scenario. Mm. Well, listen, man, I look forward to seeing you. Everybody check out the Metal Tour of the Year. You can get all the dates and information at MetalTourOfTheYear.com or go to the Megadeth website. Everything is there as well. And Dave, uh, uh, my friend Doug is the promoter of your show in Tulsa on April 30th, and he's brought me out to host that. So I'll see you in Tulsa because they've got me on board to host that one, and I'm really excited about it. And I can't wait to see you and the guys, and I can't wait to hear the new music. 
That's great. I'll be I'll be super happy to play it for you. You know, it's funny too. Whenever I think of Tulsa, one of the running jokes with our crew back when we first went there was what Tulsa was backwards. Tulsa backwards. So. Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I go to Tulsa. I go to, <laughs> I go yeah, to Tulsa all the time. I never got that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. Anyways, buddy, I'm looking forward to seeing you. And thanks for uh, letting me have a chance to say hello to everybody out there in Radio Land. All right, man. Great to great to see you as well, or great to talk to you. And I'll see you. I'll see you in Tulsa on April 30th, if not before. Have a great tour. You got it. Well, my thanks to Dave Mustaine. Great checking in with him and getting caught up with him. And, of course, the other act headlining on the Metal Tour of the Year is Lamb of God. We will now talk to Randy Bly coming right up. Eddie Trunk with you on the podcast. The other half of the Metal Tour of the Year is Lamb of God. I have not spoken to their singer, Randy Bly, in quite a while. It was good to catch up with him. Here's how that conversation went. And now... Uh, the other headlining act on the Metal Tour of the Year, and it's been a long time since I spoke to this guy. He is the lead singer of Lamb of God. It is Randy Bly joining us right now. How you been, man? Aloha, Edward. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How's things in your world? You been doing okay? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm uh, just chilling, you know, getting ready to head out on tour. Um, how about yourself? Everything's all good? Yeah, yeah. I we just uh we just hung up with Mustaine and we spent some time with him talking about round 2 of the Metal Tour of the Year kicking off April 9th in Vegas and uh all the dates out there right now. How, from your perspective, Randy, how did the first leg go? Uh, I it's not really from my perspective, it's just fact. It was a complete success. It was <laughs> it was one of the uh well, A, it wasn't the only tours out at that time that didn't shut down due to COVID, you know, because we, uh, we had everything pretty tight. Uh, that was a year ago, I guess, over, not, not quite a year ago, it was in September. So it seems like a, three years ago these days with time. Um, but it was, uh, it was, just, it went super, super well, you know, it was super well attended. Everybody had a really good time. And, um, you know, we had, we had a good time ourselves. I was talking to uh, to Dave about this, like I said, just a few minutes ago. And from my perspective, looking at that bill with whether it was Hatebreed or Trivium, uh, uh, In Flames, the, the various bands that are or have been on, to me, the cool thing about it is, and even be- between your band and, and Megadeth, there's a, there's a good cross-pollinization there, meaning that I'm sure for all the bands, there were some fans in the building that might not necessarily have been there if just one or two of those bands was playing. Do you agree with that? Did you pick up on the fact that maybe some old-school Megadeth fans that weren't uh, totally down or have seen Lamb of God before got exposure to you guys, and then your fans who might be a bit younger had a chance to see Megadeth? And Do, do you feel like it was that sort of vibe that, that some of that was happening on the road? Sure, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Trivium, on the, on the last leg, we had Trivium and Hatebreed. So Trivium, not that they're particularly young anymore, but they are a younger band than us and generally have a younger fan base. And then Hatebreed are about our age, but they draw a lot more from the hardcore world. So, um, you know, it was a good mix of bands. And I, I enjoy that in a tour. I like a, a diverse bill where people... Um, 
you know, are exposed to things that they they may not have been if they had made up the bill themselves, you know. <laughs> I'd love right. to do a tour where, where it's just like one metal band, one hip-hop band, one, you know, bluegrass band, one goth band, some some more like a European festival um, type style thing, you know, but I don't know how that would sell in the States. So, but it's nice to have a variety of, of music. You know, speaking of variety, I was clicking around the internet last night, looking at some, some, uh, past interviews and things that you've done, some countdowns and lists and things like that. And I came across something, I think it was in, on one of the British websites and they, it was the 10 songs that most impacted you. And the number one and two songs were things that nobody would expect the singer of Lamb of God to cite. One was Funky Town, and the other was, <laughs> of all Kiss songs, I Was Made for Loving You. Can you explain those and how they had an impact on you, Randy? Well, I mean, those are some of the earliest songs I really remember, Um Funky Town, that was during, of course, I'm a child of the 70s, so that was uh, during uh, the disco era, you know? Um, And that was a tune that was on the radio all the time. And I lived in a little tiny town in North Carolina, so you aren't going to hear anything other than what was on the radio. And then as far as, like, Kiss, and I Was Made for Loving You, um, like, I, uh, I really liked that song. That was one of more kisses uh kisses more radio friendly song i suppose it got a lot of play then and i liked it and uh every halloween there used to be like this little halloween carnival in this little town where we uh where we grew up and i would get my face painted and i would always get it uh painted like gene simmons you know because i thought obviously he was the coolest he was dark and and spit fire and spit blood and he was a demon and all that shit. So I thought that was the raddest. <laughs> and then years later, um, which I thought was just hilarious. Uh, Gene did one of these, um, like radio shows or whatever, where they play him, uh, a few seconds of, of, a of a song or a band he hasn't heard. And they ask his opinion. And then they, they, um, they played him a Lamb of God song. And he was like, well, uh, the music, they're obviously very talented. I like the song. and But I'm not saying I'm a talented singer or anything. I'm not saying the greatest, but I cannot understand anything that guy is saying. And it's not my cup of tea. So I think that band would be great if they didn't, if they just didn't have that screaming guy. And I just loved it. I was like, this is hilarious because I used to dress up at like this dude for Halloween when I was seven <laughs> years old or whatever. And there he is dissing my vocals. You know, it was awesome. So it, it gave me, it gave me much more pleasure if he had said, I just love this vocalist. I just thought it was hilarious that Gene Simmons was, was dissing me. It was, it was awesome. I just I found it interesting that you growing up a huge Kiss fan and also being a child of the 70s myself, but a few years older than you, it, it that I was made for loving you was the death blow to Kiss. Like among Kiss fans, yes. that's when they jumped the shark. That's when they went disco and pop and everything. Like I would expect the lead singer of Lamb of God to be like God of Thunder, man. That was my intro. You know, something heavy but like they, that. But. but- but they didn't play God of Thunder on the radio when I was right. True. <laughs> you understand? Yeah, true. Like, so I'm, you know, they had Funky Town and they had I Was Made for Loving You. Those are two of the earliest songs I remember hearing, you know. 
Um, I would love so, to hear yeah. Lamb of God covers of either of those songs, Randy. I would love yeah. to hear you cover a funky town, a cover of Funky Town done heavy by Lamb of God would be awesome. You should take that to the band. Sure, man. I've taken many people to Funky Town uh, over the years, <laughs> so, and we'll continue to do so. Speaking of covers, Mustaine just told me minutes ago on the air that you guys covered Wake Up Dead, that, and they guessed it on some of it, and then he swore that we had it, which we don't, to play. But what, what, what's the status of that? What, <laughs> tell me about that. D- D- Dave spoke. <laughs> Dave, uh, I guess, let the cat out of the bag. Um, you know, uh, so he said it minutes yeah. ago. He just brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I think uh, it's supposed to be playing tomorrow for everyone. I think, uh, by the way, so uh, management I think was just like, what do you guys think about you guys all get together and to help promote the tour? You guys do um, a song together, and we're like, sure, whatever. So there's a cover of Wake Up Dead, uh, and it's. Every member of Megadeth and every member of Lamb of God is on it. Um, so me and Dave, of course, uh, split most of the vocals. Um, there's not that many vocals on that song, period. But he right. and I split them. Uh, and my band, my, my dudes play the whole thing. Dave does a solo, takes one of the solo. Kiko takes a solo. And then Dirk and Lomenzo uh, did gang vocals on the wake up dead you die they did you know that stuff so every member of of lamb of god and megadeth is on this uh on this cover of wake up dead that is supposedly coming out tomorrow which i don't think uh dave was supposed to mention but he did so thank you dave now we can just (laughs) discuss this yeah he let a few cats out of the bag i think with me just a few minutes ago he talked about steve giorgio playing bass on the album he talked you know we talked about lomenzo who i've known forever it was uh it was a really dave was in good spirits and excited clearly about this next leg of this tour which uh, why not i mean it's a great bill it's uh it's exciting to have you guys back out there doing this again you know you mentioned the pandemic and the the lockdown i know you guys did a streaming thing uh during that and everybody handled that in different ways but i'm also curious randy because if my math is right uh how, how long have you been sober about, about 10 years now 11 a little over 11, 11 years. years congratulations on that but my question to you is i know a lot of musicians who have struggled with sobriety and the pandemic and the lockdown was a real test to them. And some of them fell off and struggled with it and had problems. Others were able to maintain. How did you do related to your sobriety through all of that? Uh, man, I did just fine. Um, you know, I guess the pandemic we're in 2022. I guess that kicked off in 2020, you know, time is so bizarre now. Um, So I guess I kicked off in like really February, March of 2020. Uh, And by that time I had uh, already been sober nine years. Um, You know, I was sober. I went to prison sober and got through that. No problem. Uh, For me, the pandemic staying sober wasn't a problem at all because being sober is just a part of my life now, you know, um, I, I know a lot of people, I know it did drive a lot of people out um, into in, into relapse or whatever. Um, and sadly, some of those people are no longer with us. 
Um, but for me, it just, I, I drank all the fun out of drinking, you know, and did, and did all the, all, all the drugs, like they hold no, no, uh, no appeal for me because they, they aren't an escape for me, uh, at all anymore. You know, um, they're, they're just misery. So, I mean, depend everybody being in lockdown and in pandemic and all that shit wasn't fun, but I, I, I know from, uh, vast experience that me drinking or doing drugs is not going to make a bad situation any better or let me escape it. It's only going to make it worse. So it wasn't, it wasn't hard for me at all. You know, you know, I, it, that being said, I remember uh, a few years ago, there was a festival in Tennessee called exit 111 that I hosted and I brought you guys mm-hmm. on stage and I was watching you for a bit and I saw you out there swigging from look like a bottle of beer. And I was like, Oh fuck. I hope Randy's okay. Only to find out it's non-alcoholic beer that you drink and correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you have your own version of that? Yeah. Lamb of God did a, um, it a, did a non-alcoholic IPA with BrewDog. Um, it's a brewery uh, that started that was started in Scotland. They're like the biggest craft beer brewery in Europe, and they have pubs all over Europe. And they had a really good, uh, tasty non-alcoholic beer uh, that I tasted when I was up in the Highlands of Scotland. And I kept emailing these dudes like, "When are you guys going to bring this to the states?" Um, cause I hadn't ever seen it distributed in the States. So, uh, eventually I, I got a hold of them and went and they're like, Oh, we just opened a, a brew, brew pub in Ohio, a couple of them with a brewery. So me and Willie stopped by the brew pub and met a lot of brew dog people. And they're like, do you want to collaborate on a non-alcoholic beer? And we were like, yeah. So as far, I know Haybreed has done one now, um, but as far as I know, we were the first band ever to do a non-alcoholic beer collaboration with them. And it was called Ghost Walker, and it does quite well. So, I mean, a lot of people thought when we announced that, they were like, some people were mad. It was so funny. Like, this is not metal, blah, 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 <laughs> and, and this is never going to work. And then, and and this is, you know, what like as if I had like come and like, t- you know, taken a shit on their living room carpet or something. And it's like... <laughs> look, we're just providing people with an option. And when it was released, it quickly became their number one, like best-selling non-alcoholic beer and their top mail order beer period for a while. So it, it did really well um, and still does. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't drink non-alcoholic beer. Like I don't chug like 12 of them a day or anything. Um, And I generally will have, um, I might drink a little bit more on tour because it's a social thing, but it's nice to have uh, have that option if you are so inclined. It's not for everyone, uh, you know. Uh, not everybody who quits drinking should necessarily try a non-alcoholic beer because it might uh, remind them a little too much of of something they're missing. But for my myself, it's it's never been a problem. And I, besides just loving to get drunk, I actually was a real kind of beer connoisseur. So I, I enjoy mm. good beer. I don't. I don't drink like O'Doul's non-alcoholic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So totally. Hey, you you referenced uh, a second ago being Im- imprisoned, which of course is such a you know big part of your story of your life. You did an amazing book about it called Dark Days, 
about your uh, wrongful imprisonment in the Czech Republic. Do you, did I read that you're also you're considering a second book? And if so, is it about is it more about that or or your story since that? Yeah. No, I'm working on the second book now. I mean, the contract is signed and I've already deposited the first advance check. So <laughs> I've been working on that. And no, nah, there's there, I said everything I had to say about prison in one book, you know, but that was 500 pages. So that that I wrote that just to to uh, lay that to rest. And if anybody had any questions about it, I'm like, look, I wrote a 500 page book about it. That'll answer all your questions and more. So no, the new book I'm working on is, um, I guess the theme of it could be uh, described as perspective. And um, it's about different lessons I've learned uh, from looking at other people in my life, you know, trying to broaden my perspective, um, learning from other people's experiences. Have you been back to the Czech Republic since you were in prison there? No. No. No, 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 no. Because no. I, I think I, rem- I recall when you had written the book you, uh, and you were asked that question. I may have even asked it to you. You, you had said you had you, – you, it didn't sound like you would rule it out. It sounds now like no. you would rule out going back there or, or, or no, no. I don't rule it out. I don't rule it out. Um but like it would have to be under the right circumstances. Um, and I mean, I'm allowed to go there, you know? Um, but it, it's like, it, it would be, um, unless things were worked out in advance with certain people, it would be, I think it would be rude to go back there because if I went back there to play a show, it would be huge news. Um, and, uh, like the, the, there, there's, a family who's still missing a son there. So sure. I don't wish them to be any more upset than they already are. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, they've suffered enough. So, um, yeah. So if, if the circumstances were right and we had their blessing or whatever, you know, I wouldn't mind going and playing a show and then like donating the money to charity or something. But other than that, you know, uh, Lamb of God really has no business going there if the circumstances are right, because I don't want to cause anyone any further emotional duress. And uh, last thing on music, it's been a couple of years since the last record, self-titled record. We're beyond this cover of Wake Up Dead that you've done. Where have you, have you guys written? Have you been recording? Where are you at with the, the next record? Lamb of God is always writing, always demoing stuff. And that's really all I got to say about that. I mean, we've only done one tour on the last record it's kind of screwed up. Like the record came out in June of 2020, I think. And it was delayed due to like shipping, uh, for pre-orders and all that stuff. It was supposed to come out earlier in the year. It came out and it was really well received. Um, it came out, but I mean, it wasn't even what has not even two years old yet. And normally a touring cycle, uh, lasts at least 18 months. And we've done one tour due to COVID. So um, right now we're going to go and tour on this record some. So, I mean, we're always working on stuff when it's, uh, when we're ready to release it or talk about it, we will, you know? And how's the photography going? You've been shooting a lot still? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not as much as I'd like because I'm working on this book. That's really uh, consuming my, my uh, time really. Uh, but I have been doing a little shooting. I'm in Chicago right now. I'm going to go see, um, uh, 
ministry and Melbourne's and COC. And so today um, got out a bit and did a little shooting. Um, but I, I haven't been doing as much as I would like. All right, man. Well, listen, I, uh, I appreciate the time. It's good catching up with you. It's been a bit. Metal Tour of the Year, of course, Megadeth and Lamb of God, Trivium in Flames, kicking off April 9th, the next run in Vegas. Go to Lamb of God's website, uh, Megadeth's website, any of the bands, or to the website Metal Tour of the Year for all the dates and all the information wherever you're listening. And uh, I'll see you in Tulsa, Randy. My friend there is the promoter, and he's brought me out to host the show. So I look forward to seeing you guys in Tulsa on April 30th, BOK Center. That's a big arena. That should be a great one. Cool. Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. Um, yeah, which Mustaine yeah, just told me, which Mustaine just told me a second ago, which I never put this together in all my years of going to Tulsa. What Tulsa spells backwards? Tulsa, T U. <laughs> Wait, hold on. A slut. A what? A slut. I was like a something. Oh Jesus Christ. That's came yeah, from Mustaine, not me. Mustaine was in rare form before you yeah. called. He laid out all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I'm sure it sounds like it, you know. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure there are uh, people of that persuasion there, just as there are everywhere. But, you know, the, the citizens of Tulsa that I've met have been fine, moral, upright, sexually chased human beings. <laughs> me as well. Wonderful people there. Absolutely. It's just funny that yeah. you brought that up to me. I never put that together. But um, that one's April 30th. All the dates, like I said, for wherever you're listening in the country are on those websites that I just mentioned. Uh, say hi to the guys, and I'll, I look forward to seeing you in Tulsa, if not sooner, man. Thanks for the time. See you there, Eddie. Well, my thanks to Randy from Lamb of God, and thanks to Dave Mustaine for joining us earlier on the podcast. Again, both of those interviews took place on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation. Please join me for Rock Talk every day, live 2 to 4 Eastern on Channel 106 Volume, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Please be sure to join me on Sirius XM every day. If you're only listening to the podcast, you're getting a tiny fraction of what I do on the radio on a daily basis. Appreciate you subscribing and checking it out. Social media at Eddie Trunk. Thanks to Joel Pollack for putting it together for me. And I'll see you next Thursday for another all-new episode of the podcast and hopefully every day on the radio on volume. Take care.